Blog Talk Radio. It's Saturday, October 12, 2019, and you are tuned in to another edition of The Missy Show. We're still your premier source for fun and informative pet topics. I'm your host, Jay. First off, I want to thank you guys for joining us for another October Pet Spooktacular episode. It's great to be back here on Blog Talk Radio and able to hear our old intro and outro music again. The only thing missing is Dee, but hopefully she'll have some time in her schedule to join us um, for some of next month's shows. Um, Another thing I need to mention, sorry that I am actually an hour earlier than I was originally scheduled to go on. For those of you who are expecting the show to start at 5 p.m., I had something come up and I wanted to, you know, go ahead and make sure that I got the show out because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to – get it out if I uh, try to wait later after 5 o'clock. So that's why I'm on an hour early, but um, don't worry. As usual, I will make sure that I have a link to today's episode um, on all our social media posts um, on our outlets. We'll be on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll give you those in just a second. Um, Let me also just say that I'm really loving the weather down here today. I don't know where all you guys are listening from, and I know not everyone's in the U.S. I'm sure you're you're listening from all over, but it's finally nice and cool here in the south. It's been really overcast, and, you know, this is my favorite type of weather, and it makes this time of year just really seem like fall time. It just feels relaxing, and it just goes with the mood of October. And it's also just right for our Pet Spooktacular topic. Speaking of which, today's topic has the perfect blend of animals plus a bit of spook factor. Now, I say a bit because today's topic isn't really scary per se, but it does fit in with typical Halloween or supernatural topics. This evening's episode is the use of animals and spells and the occult. Can someone tell me why? Okay, but before we get started with that, I just want to remind everyone of our call-in number if you'd like to share your opinion or you have your own animals used in spells story that um, you want to share with us. You can call in at 516-595-8058. That's 516 8058. For anyone who isn't able to listen live, you can catch this evening's episode after the show on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash missy.show44 or on our Twitter page at twitter.com forward slash missyshow. You can also find information about today's episode on our website at themissyshow.weebly.com. And Weebly is spelled W-E-E-B-L-Y. So that's the themissyshow.weebly.com. Okay, um, with all of that out of the way, let's get into this evening's topic. So um, we're talking about the use of animals in spells and the occult. Okay, first off, who are some of the people that will use animals in spells or rituals? 
I'm sure most of you, you know, if you're like me or just like the average person, the generic term of witch, you know, comes to mind. Um, well, in my research, you know, I did find that, you know, witches sometimes do use animals in part or in whole in various forms of, you know, um, rituals and things like that. But they are definitely not the only groups who um, sometimes use animals. Some of the uh, practitioners of hoodoo and I guess it's Santeria or Santeria, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, um, also make use of animals to perform certain magic rituals. Um, they're also used by shamans. So, you know, you got different groups of people who might be doing that. Okay, so now that we have answered that question about who would, and I'm sure, of course, that's not, you know, all the groups of people, that's just some of them. What are some of the reasons that some people might choose to use animals and spells or rituals? Um, and first off, one thing that I really did find encouraging in my research was that there seems to be a consciousness about humanely obtaining the animal parts. Um, for many, this involves only using parts from animals already deceased or parts from animals that or parts that animals just naturally shed anyway, like snake skins and things like that. I guess I should have started this episode with a disclaimer. Let me just say that I am not a practitioner of any of this stuff. I don't practice witchcraft, hoodoo, any of that type of stuff. I just found the topic interesting and thought it would be um, just an interesting topic to use for October Pet Spooktacular. But no, I don't condone using animals in spells. I don't condone using animals in rituals. Um, I'm not really for all of that, you know, but I'm just open to, you know, just learning more about it and, you know, seeing it from those practitioners from their viewpoint. But no, I, you know, I'm not a practitioner of any of the above, nor do I practice or condone any of this. This is just for informational purposes as far as the show. Okay, so with that out of the way, um, okay, back to our other question of what are some of the common well, no, we'll come back to that. What are the reasons to use animals in spells or rituals? Now, um, one of these I got off of a site called nettlesgarden.com. And let's see, this article is entitled, and I'll also put links to each of the websites where I get the info after the show when I um, post the link. But the title of this one is Bone Magic or using bones, fangs, feathers, claws, and shells, and animal magic and ancestor work. Now, um, some of the reasons that you might use uh, bones in rituals um, can include ritual and adornments. Um, here it says fangs, shells, small bones, claws, or feathers can be used for protection, look, or shamanic practice or in order to draw from the qualities and abilities of the spirit animals that inhabit them. For example, a crow feather or claw may help balance your life and enforce your quest for knowledge of the greater mysteries, or fox fangs or bones may help you attain the wits you need in order to sail through a difficult situation. Okay, the next one will be ritual tools. Various bones, fangs, antlers, and shells can be used to adorn ritual tools, ritual tools with, such as wands or daggers, or they may be used as object rituals in and of themselves. They may also be used as divination tools by carving or painting ruins on them. 
runes on them, or you may even create your own unique divination system by assigning a different meaning to each particular bone, fang, or shell. They can also be used for smudging rituals. Feathers are particular, particularly potent for smudging rituals. You may use a feather from your spirit bird or make a wand that consists of multiple feathers in order to spread the smoke throughout the space you are cleansing. Um, they even have witch bags. You can use bones, feathers, fangs, and shells of your choosing and your witch bag for various purposes as well as for witch bags you create for the sole intention of working with spirit animals. And then they also have another category on this site where they talk about ritual arrangements. You may use animal remains to form a pattern on your altar or work shrine, which is only built for a given ceremony in order to allow the energies of the spirit animals bound to the bones to flow throughout the altar. Now, what I like at the beginning of this article, and I also saw this in some of the other ones, I like how she said, um, let me go back up here, um, she finds it absolutely necessary to state in this article that animal remains should be treated with respect. They should be ethically acquired, and I do not encourage or endorse the harming of animals in any way, shape, or form. These are the um, author's words. The bones um, she uses in her craft are gathered and handpicked by herself from the local woods and the river's bank, and all of them were already old and weathered by the time she came across them. Um, another thing uh, about the use now this one was really interesting and I got this info from let me see here this one came from um, it's called using animal parts in pagan and wiccan rituals and they also have a section on why use animal parts in rituals and they, they put an interesting spin on it. They were um, talking about how thousands of years ago our ancestors performed rituals and ceremonies, and they didn't have tools ordered from an online catalog or purchased at the local witchy shop. They made do with what they had. For the ancients, many of their tools, both magical and mundane, came from the animal kingdom. Few things went to waste. Bones could be turned into anything from a knife to a sewing needle, an antler could be used as a weapon or a farming tool. A horse's bladder might become a pouch to carry herbs. Anything was usable. In some shamanic traditions, animal parts can be used to connect the practitioner to the animal. One might wear a necklace made of bear claws, a headdress of antlers, or use a fetish of bone and feathers. Some traditions still use these today. Um, let's see, someone wishing to celebrate fertility might use the antlers of a stag, for example. An individual hoping for transformation could perhaps powder, uh, powder a bit of snake skin for use in a spell. A person who wants to develop their inspiration and creativity might use feathers in a working and so forth. Um, this person also talks about like the naturally dropped items, how um, if uh, you run across a snake skin, snakes shed their skin regularly anyway, so there wouldn't be harm in picking this up if you needed to use it in your spell or ritual. Um, they say deers shed, deer shed their antlers after the fall mating season has ended, typically around January through April, 
birds may lose their feathers as they fly overhead. Um, these are all items that drop on their own naturally, and there's nothing wrong with picking them up and using them. Um, the person who wrote this article, um, and this is off of LearnReligions.com, they say, do keep in mind that some states have regulations as to the collection of feathers from certain types of birds. Check with your state's regulatory agency to determine if this is the case where you live. Now, so far for me, you know, what I'm hearing, this part doesn't really sound so bad. And actually, when I came up with this topic, I was thinking more in terms of like the typical thing where you hear about people using black cats and using like animals and boiling them alive and that type of thing, which that can go on, um, which in another article I had found here, um, let's see here. See, did I still? Yeah, I still have this one up. Um, this is called. This is from a blog of called the Demoniacal. Um, it's blogging the demons, monsters, and mysterious creatures that allegedly haunt our world. And this is called Animal Parts and Animal Sacrifice and Hoodoo. And here they kind of do talk more about what you think about about the traditional thing because I know coming up as a kid, you know, you would hear about these different things about people using black cats. And if you have the bone of a black cat in your mouth, it can make you invisible and you just hear all these kind of crazy things. But, well, they sound crazy anyway. But um, this person talks about that there are different purposes that um, can be used as far as the hoodoo tradition. They say for white magic purposes, root workers who practice only white magic generally do not harm or kill animals and may not work with animal parts at all. If such practitioners do work with animal parts, it is almost assuredly the parts that come from animals who have not been harmed or killed in the process or else parts that come from already deceased animals like what we were talking about. An example of this would be a lucky rabbit's foot. Rabbits are raised for their meat and fur. Their feet are sold as a waste product of the fur industry, so they're used in hoodoo or root work amongst practitioners who only practice white magic is often considered acceptable. So you got the white magic level people who either only get them from animals who are already deceased or animals that they were going to eat and they just use the parts or whatever, or they don't use them at all. Now there's a middle ground call for gray magic purposes. So these are root workers who do gray magic. So I guess this is the cross between black and white. Root workers who practice gray magic generally have no problem harming or killing lower life forms such as bugs, insects, ants, scorpions, centipedes, spiders, wasps, snails, crabs, and the like. Some even go as far as harming or killing frogs, toads, lizards, and even birds. Usually these practitioners draw the line when it comes to mammals such as cats and dogs. Now, some of these practitioners will not harm or kill the creatures, but instead will use animal parts in their work as long as they were gathered from already deceased animals or the animals weren't harmed in the process. So these are people who are sort of in the middle. They have some practices of the white magic people and then in some ways, they have their own practices where they're willing to kill the insects and things like that, and they may not view reptiles as highly as they view mammals, you know, like cats and dogs. 
Now we're getting more into the part that I think kind of freaks most people out. And when you think about like sales and rituals, this is kind of more what you're thinking about. Um, This is called black magic. Okay, so for black magic purposes, these are root workers or root workers who belong to this category have no problems with killing or harming any animals in their work. They will just as easily grind up some ants to use in a powder as they would a as they would nail a chicken to a tree or boil a black cat alive. And see, I've heard of that, and you know that that's just disgusting to me. I don't like the idea of any animal being harmed. Um, such practitioners also generally do not care if any animals were harmed or killed in order to get the parts they use in their work. Um, and then this person says, let's face it, folks, these people, these people are out there and they are psychos. Okay, so not my words, this is what they say. But yeah, anybody who can hurt an animal, I just don't feel like any spell is worth it, you know, for you to have to, you know, kill or torture an innocent animal. You know, it's, you know, I know I'm not in that world, but that's, you know, my opinion on that. Um, now, this is interesting. Now, as far as uh, hoodoo goes, these are some of the animals and their parts that are typically used in hoodoo. So for cats, they typically use black cats. Um, they feel like they possess a magic bone or something with their hair. When they use dogs, they typically use black dogs or junkyard, junkyard dogs. Um, with cattle, they're typically using their horns, hair, tongue, or milk. Um, badgers, they use their teeth or paws. Now, this is really interesting. With raccoons, they use the penis bone. Now, it doesn't say what they use the penis bone for, but that's that's what they typically use from raccoons. Um, from a cooter, which is a river turtle, they use the shell. Possums, they use the bones. Now, with frogs and toads, they're said to possess a magic stone in their head. Um, let's see. Snakes, they typically use the uh, skin that they shed. With rattlesnakes, they'll use their rattles. Sometimes they use them whole. Lizards, they'll use them whole. Alligators, they use the feet and teeth. Chickens, they will use the feathers, feet, eggs, and bones, or they can use them whole. Yeah, the feathers, uh, I mean, chickens and black cats, I've kind of heard more about that, just like coming up, you know, I remember in the neighborhood, you know, there was this guy, and I guess he was supposed to be like one of those practitioners, or he, you know, could like, um, he would sell potions and all this kind of stuff, you know, it's kind of like being brought up Christian, you know, we weren't really allowed to have any dealings with that. So I never, you know, went to his house or did anything like that. But there were people in the neighborhood who did go there and kind of have dealings with him. And I don't know if he did readings too, but I definitely remember that he supposedly, you know, had these different potions and powders and things like that. So I'd heard things about, you know, people using chickens and parts from the chicken and using eggs and things like that and being able to kind of, you know, hoodoo people or put spells on them and things like that. And especially in the African-American community, you hear about, you know, certain things, but, you know, not knowing whether any of it really worked or anything and not really going there, but you would just hear of such things. So some of this stuff doesn't sound just like totally weird to me. And also I've been a fan of like Zora Neale Hurston and I know she went over to, I don't know if it was Haiti where she went or she went to some of the areas where they practice, you know, some of this stuff and like she did some research on it. And so I, I read some of her stuff. So some of this stuff doesn't sound totally unfamiliar just from some of her works as well. 
Um, some of the creatures that they typically use whole uh, worms, caterpillars, centipedes, crabs, um, porcupines, they'll use their quills, deer, they use antlers. Um, let's see, swallows, uh, which are types of birds, they'll use their eyes and hearts. So this is kind of just more with the hoodoo tradition, at least according to this particular um, site. Um, it's called the demoniacal.blogspot.com. I didn't really go into detail to, like, look up anything, you know, so uh, deeply about it. So if there are any, you know, pra practitioners of hoodoo or anything, don't mean to be offensive, you know, if, if something that I read wasn't accurate, you know, I'm just reading it from this site. Um, like I said, once again, you know, I don't practice any of this, and I don't condone the harming of any animals in any type of way. Um, I'm very much against that because I'm very pro-animal. I just wanted to do this episode just to, you know, just to kind of understand it better. And also, you know, it kind of went along with the theme of Pet Spooktacular and just for informational purposes and, you know, just to, you know, just get a, a better view of that. Um, this episode, because I kind of started it maybe just a few minutes late, we're kind of running low on time. But once again, I will post the links to all of my sources on um, my Facebook page and also Twitter. Um, before we do run out of time, uh, I just want you guys to be sure to join us over on Blogger for another Pet Spooktacular blog post this coming Thursday, October 17th. And you can check that out at cheesatorty.blogspot.com. And that's S H E S A. T-O-R-T-I-E dot blogspot dot com. Our topic will be real life vampire animals. So that's going to be a blog post this Thursday. And the next day, on uh, Friday the 18th, we'll have a rebroadcasting of misunderstood animals, cryptids, and other creepy creatures. That episode originally aired on October 18, 2014. So that's Misunderstood Animals, Cryptids, and Other Creepy Creatures. Um, also, oh, and that episode will be posted at 7 p.m. on our Facebook and Twitter pages. So with those, I just, you know, put a link on there. Of course, it's also here on my um, Blog Talk radio station already if you just want to listen to it. But it's more fun to listen, I think, with uh, our fellow Facebook group people and Twitter followers. So if you want to just wait until then, and I'll post the link on Friday. And also next Saturday, we have an all-new Pet Spooktacular episode right here on Blog Talk Radio with a special guest host, and we're going to have a surprise topic. So you guys will have to wait until next Saturday, and this will all happen at 5 p.m. Central. Hopefully there will not be a change in the time. I will say I've if I am going to do the show any earlier, I will definitely have it already posted and give you guys some notice this time. And once again, I'm sorry that I had to go on an hour early this time and didn't get to give you proper notice. Um, so sorry for those of you who are expecting this at 5 o'clock. Um, but, yes, we will be on tentatively at 5 p.m. Central next Saturday. It just depends on my guest host. I'm still working with them, so we will see what we can get together. But if there is a change in the time, I will definitely let you guys know. Thank you once again for tuning in to this latest um, Pet Spooktacular episode. I hope you guys have an awesome remainder of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Columbus Day weekend. Thanks for joining us, and I will see you all next week. Bye.